Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Genesis 15. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great promises. We do believe that you are working things out for us. We believe that Jesus died for us. We pray that this will show up in the way that we act, that we will be living lives of faith. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Genesis 15. After these things, the word of Yahweh came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, and your reward shall be very great. Then Abram said, O Yahweh, my Lord, what will you give me? I continue to be childless, and my heir is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Look, you have not given me a descendant, and here a member of my household is my heir. And behold, the word of Yahweh came to him, saying, This person will not be your heir, but your own son will be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heavens and count the stars if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed in Yahweh, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am Yahweh, who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans, to give this land to you, to possess it. And he said, O Yahweh God, how shall I know that I will possess it? And he said to him, Take for me a three-year-old heifer, and a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took for him all these, and cut them in pieces down the middle. And he put each piece opposite the other, but the birds he did not cut. And the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. And it happened, as the sun went down, then a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, a great, terrifying darkness fell upon him. And he said to Abram, You must surely know that your descendants shall be as aliens in a land not their own, and they shall serve them, and they shall oppress them four hundred years. And also the nation that they serve I will judge. Then afterward they shall go out with great possessions. And as for you, you shall go to your ancestors in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and the fourth generation shall return here, for the guilt of the Amorites is not yet complete. And after the sun had gone down and it was dusk, behold, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between those half pieces. On that day, Yahweh made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I will give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates River the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 14, Abram rescued Lot by fighting off the kings who had taken him captive. We don't know how many troops the kings had, but it seems likely that they would have had several times the number of Abram's men, so now, in chapter 15, God gives Abram a vision, saying that God is his shield and reward. Remember that Abram refused to take the goods from Sodom as payment for saving the people. So God is saying that instead of those goods, 
God is Abram's reward. So Abram brings up an issue that I'm sure has been bothering Abram for a long time. God has promised to make Abram a great nation, and he doesn't have any children. So if he died at this point, the inheritance would pass to his servant who wasn't related to Abram. So God tells Abram that he will have a physical descendant to be his heir. And God goes way further by showing Abram the stars and saying, if you can count the stars, you can count your descendants. And remember that this was in the days before electric lights and hundreds of years of industrial pollution. So I expect that Abram could see more stars with his eyes than we can see with our eyes today. Verse 6 could almost get by us if it wasn't pointed out several times in the New Testament. Verse 6, And he believed in Yahweh, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then God repeats the land promise, and again Abram has questions. He wants some assurance. Now, the assurance God gives doesn't mean much to us today, but it apparently was exactly what Abram needed. To us, we would feel better if we had a signed contract. But that wasn't how they made covenants then. In fact, the Hebrew word for covenant means to cut. So Abram cuts a covenant with God here. He takes the animals that God told him and cuts them in half and sets them out ready for the ceremony. In Jeremiah 34.18, God mentions how the people made a covenant by cutting an animal in half and walking between the pieces. So apparently, this was an expected way to make a covenant. So Abram gets everything ready and then has to keep the vultures off of the dead animals while he waits for God. Then, Abram goes into this deep sleep, and God pronounces some details of what will happen. He says that before Abram's descendants will get the land, they will be oppressed for 400 years, and then they will come back to the land God is promising. God explains that the guilt of the people currently in the land is not complete. So, when it is the right time to judge the people in the land, God will judge them by giving the land to Abram's descendants. So finally, the ceremony takes place. Verse 17. And after the sun had gone down, and it was dusk, behold, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between those half pieces. And Moses tells us that God made a covenant that day. And it doesn't say that Abram made a covenant or walked between the pieces in the ceremony. This is a one-sided covenant or a promise from God. There's so many things to talk about. This is, I think, the first time God shows up as a fire. Also, there's this number five, five animals, and each of the animals is three years old. The number five is hard to pin down in the Bible. Some people suggest it means grace, but I see it connected with covenants, Here, there's five animals for a covenant. There are the five books of Moses, or the Pentateuch. And perhaps we can multiply five and three and multiply that by ten to get the 150 days when Noah was on the ark. The Ten Commandments are two sets of five commandments. So perhaps we see the number five associated with covenants or promises from God. But perhaps most important in this chapter is faith. The New Testament makes a big deal of Abram's faith. So we need to see it here in Genesis. God told Abram that he would have more descendants than any human could count. And Abram believed God. 
Abram didn't have a single descendant yet. So faith is believing in something you cannot physically see. We have faith in plenty of things. We have faith that we will get paid at the end of two weeks of work, so we work for the two weeks. Now, it isn't blind faith. We have good reason to believe that we will get paid. For one reason, we've got paid after two weeks of work in the past. And we can misplace our faith. We've probably all prepaid for something that we never received and learned it was a misplaced faith. But with God, Abram has seen God working in his life. So this isn't a blind faith or a misplaced faith. There is good reason to believe that God will keep the promise. But it is still faith. And God counted that faith as righteousness. Righteousness is the state of having done things right, so we deserve good. Abram was not righteous by his deeds. We see how he lied about his wife. That was not righteous. But God counts Abram as righteous by his faith. That's sort of an accounting term. He puts Abram's faith in the account of righteousness. Now, there is this connection between faith and works. When God told Abram to do something, he did it because Abram believed God. If he didn't believe, he wouldn't do the things like moving to a country he'd never been to before. But Abram wasn't saved by doing these things. And yet, if he hadn't done those things, we wouldn't see his faith. Because faith shows up in action. If there's no action, then you get a pretty good idea that there's no faith. So for us, God has chosen to save us based on our faith in Jesus. And if we truly have faith in Jesus, that will show up in the way we act. But we aren't saved by acting just right. We all get it wrong in some way at some time. We are saved by faith. So, can others see that we have faith by the way that we act? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Luxem is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.